Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. Sorry that uh, I might sound a bit weird, but um, not feeling very well. Got a bit of a bit of an illness and a cold in my neck and everything. This is why I haven't been posting that often. However, we have some news and things to get on with with everything. You know, I wanted to um, I wanted to focus on on how weird it was that everyone in the mainstream media, especially New York Times, and everyone like Erdogan even personally, how everyone instantly decided to believe Hamas without any proof, like just that, which seemed to be very weird because, well, most sane people don't exactly believe, you know, what Kremlin says either. So why would you just instantly believe what Hamas is telling you? Because they are literally terrorists who are doing horrible things. And, and you know, I just wanted to make an episode on that and focus on, on how I don't even know why most Western media went so dumb about the situation, but then some, something even worse happened. For unknown reasons, for unknown reasons, I wake up and, and I read on every Western news site some weird-ass information about, you know, it, it's some British sites, it's, it's everywhere, about how Putin has gotten a heart attack last night. Everyone was posting this. And everywhere there were just references to the fact that information not verified. Yeah, ob- I mean... This is stupid. I mean, if you listened to me when I was covering Prigozhin's affair and everything that happened there, you might have understood that at this point, if something is not not verified, if I don't get this from multiple sources, it's fake and stupid. I just don't understand why would they post something so so blatantly ridiculous. I would hate to yell at my colleagues or something, but sadly I kind of have to. Because this is the worst, worst, most offensive thing I've, I've read lately because apparently no one really checks anything there. On the bright side, I'm writing again uh, some articles too for Foreign Policy magazine, so I'll try to try to mention this there as well. But this was just, this is just weird. The damage is down, done already, and, and this very fact that... Um, that Western media made such horrible mistakes and miscalculations. Yeah, um, every possible Russian opposition person, Michael Naki, uh, Mikhail Katz, everyone who even covers these war news even remotely, you know, they, uh, they're they now even further in the stereotypes that in the West is just totally dumb. Because what was this? I mean... Sometimes it just feel weird because I want to punch them sometimes as well because they are getting too arrogant and they don't understand how the West works. However, instead of cooperating and figuring out how do we work together and how to win this war, uh, no, no, this this time just New York Times and, and, and everyone, especially New York Times because they managed to blast everything straight up. Uh, that's just... They're just stupid. Meanwhile, we just avoid the real issues, the real humanitarian crises that uh, have happened lately. Because now we know that uh, the explosion was next to the hospital and everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a long situation. You have to check it out. It's just, that it's just too stupid. What is part, though, however, is the fact that we just have real problems and real situations. Uh, 
yeah, we have about 2,000 um, 2, uh, dead kids in 17 days of war. And about 4,500 people have suffered through this, which is just ridiculous. And we're all falling for some. <laughs> well, you are. I'm talking to you, Western colleagues. Not you, dear listeners. You guys are okay. You, you guys are nice. But, but instead of covering real stuff, uh, it's just that worse. No one like misses. No, no one sees real issues. Meanwhile, Iran, you know, is threatening to intervene in the conflict between Israel and Palestine. And, and well, the deputy commander of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, Ali Fadavi, threatened... Um, a couple of day ago, uh, Israel with missile strikes and more. He also said that Israel's lying about the effectiveness of fire and dome and everything. Open threads there. Hamas militants on the bright side have freed two hostages. A 79-year-old and 85-year-old old Israeli women who lived in kibbutz near Oz. Um, their husbands remain hostages in Gaza, though. Earlier, Hamas also said that they would release them for urgent humanitarian and medical reasons. You have things happening, real things, instead of all sorts of nonsense. Meanwhile, by the way, because I am not an expert on Israel, we had an episode on that, but that's not my thing. I do have to state that um, there's been events happening in, well, my my parts of the world, the Ukraine war, which is all tied together, but, but still. Russia's defense ministry said that an attack by uncrewed boats uh, happened in um, the occupied Sevastopol. Uh, they obviously blamed the Ukrainian Navy. And uh, the occupational head of Sevastopol, Mikhail uh, Ravozhayev, wrote on his Telegram channel that, quote, <clears throat> the, um, out the Black Sea fleet is repelling a possible attack by the enemy's underwater sabotage forces. So, yeah. Probably we'll hear something more. This is important because, again, uh, I, think, uh, I think last month I mentioned specifically about how the fleet is probably going to get destroyed. Well, on its own part, Russia shelled, uh, Russia shelled Boravaya in Kharkiv region the night before, though. So, still happening there with all those strikes. Another thing that's happening, which is interesting in Russia, is that Russian women have uh, started to be recruited for combat specialties to participate in, in the war. The recruitment right now is being carried out by the Borz Battalion, which is a part of the private military company Redut. I'm going to have to check on them. Uh, which is controlled by the Ministry of Defense and everything. And uh, in just a single month, women are promised to be trained as snipers or drone operators. Contracts are for six months and salary from 220,000 rubles. And of course, more payments for injury and death, which um, will never really um, yeah, be forthcoming, obviously. And apparently, uh, gotten from my own rumors and everything, the info, the fact that apparently sabotage uh, sabotage of work by employees has become more frequent than the FSB. The reason for this sabotage is the ban imposed by Vladimir Putin on dismissal of servicemen during the mobilization decree. Now, FSB employees cannot legally dismiss themselves because of, uh, of the decree of Putin, so they're just, like, not really doing anything, those who can, at least, with the complaint that, you know, what you're going to do, fire me. So there is some, some product going on there. In other, other weird news, because this is, this is just a collection of later stuff, uh, the symbol of Russia's Kemerova region was apparently named Kuzbasik, with Z. 
This was announced by the governor of the region, Sergei Tsiviliev. He assures that uh, such a variant won the popular vote. At the same time, the governor said that, quote, Kuzbas is the birth birthplace of the dinosaurs. No, it's not, not a joke, not really. So they just added uh, an extra Z there, because obviously, why not? Kuzbasik. Meanwhile, State Duma Speaker Vyacheslav Lodian. I, I should also start quoting him more. He, he gave us some uh, fun speeches lately. <clears throat> he said in a very public um, Duma meeting, quote, <clears throat> and this is like similar to, you know, Congress or Europe Parliament, but uh, in Russia they apparently just don't care. Quote, Biden, who is out of his mind, should be isolated before he starts a world war. He also wrote later on in his Telegram channel that, uh, well, Biden has apparently been guilty for uh, this whole Israel-Palestinian conflict. For whatever reason and how, but just another random attack. Just bizarre. And, uh, yeah, we had a propagandist, Evgeny uh, Satanovsky, yeah, he managed to call Maria Zaharova a heavy drinker and said that she's utterly dumb and stupid. <laughs> Just uh, randomly on the show, on, on Vladimir Solivar's channel. And Solivar, Solivar fired him. And that was a bit of a mess. But yeah, there's a bit of bad blood be between those propagandist people. Because this was a massive thing. And now everyone who's watching this kind of sees what's going on there. But uh, Maria Zaharova, yeah, she, she managed to get into some very interesting trouble herself. Not because of her foreign ministry stuff, it's just that, um, well, that's, what's hap that, that's what happens when you manage to visit uh, North Korea. You see, I wouldn't even normally mention this because I saw this a couple of days ago. But um, yeah, Lavrov and everyone else, they visited North Korea. And that was in the news, except right now. Inside of uh, Russian TV, something really strange happened. Because Skabeyeva, the weird lady who I just want to punch in the face sometimes, but, um, but yeah, she managed to even get some complaints in. <laughs> they were treated so bad by North Koreans that uh, apparently Lavrov has even felt humiliated. He was patted down, followed on the street, say with the journalists. They were uh, publicly stopped and told not to film anyone and uh, you know anyone who actually lives there and everything up to the point where Skabeyeva on Solovyov's show and everything on her like Solovyov's channel on mainstream Russian TV even went up and, and started just screaming around about how um, well North Korean secret service is really bad and that this is not normal yeah seriously this was a stun and they even left in the bit where Lavrov is very angry at there and openly states, what are you doing? Just just uh, sort off to the North Korean like security service. It's gone to the point where, you know, these people who are very much used to being treated like royalties and celebrities that don't take any responsibility for their own actions and everything. Yeah, now they're, they're having some of their own medicine. But it doesn't really bode well for Russians, the Russian-North Korean relationship, if you think about this, since Russia really needs a lot from North Korea, if if this actually gets aired in in the mainstream TV. 
I think this is more of a, like a message to Kim that, you know, he's overstepped the line by actively, you know, doing the same things he would do to any actual journalist from any real country. But uh, yeah, what I, what I saw in the videos there, it really didn't make Skabeyev even like remotely look like an actual journalist trying to do a job, which was a bit of a bit of confusing, to be honest. I, I never expected that I would, you know, feel any, any, anything for her, but North Korean stuff, yeah, that was, uh, that was way worse. They were, like, checked, and their SIM cards were taken away, and they were yelled at, and, and you don't push and shove. You should punch Lavrov, though, but, but, you know, you don't push and shove someone who's ostensibly your body or something. Meanwhile, everyone's been asking me about uh, the Baltic Sea and the gas damaging stuff. Well, our president, Edgar Sienkiewicz, uh, stated that, uh, well, if some responsibility of Russia or another country would be confirmed, then there would be a discussion that, you know, this would be, you know, Baltic would be closed. Also, he mentioned that it's unlikely to be the other country and everything. However, uh, Risto Lohi from, from Finland states that uh, apparently they have found an anchor Apparent, uh, from like anchor that has damaged the the gas uh, the gas pipes and everything. So maybe not exactly an explosion. Sometimes you know so- sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, and uh, apparently this is a Chinese ship that well that basically broke some rules, which wouldn't be that uh, unusual. If you want to check out something really really depressing, which uh, I follow sometimes and uh, but can't really cover in the show. Again, writing this while I have lots to do and uh, temperature in my head. But you should check out, if you, if you can, go to YouTube and give a try to, to channels that to describe how uh, Chinese boats are just overfishing near South America and on the Pacific coast of North America as well. They just disregard stuff, so wouldn't really, wouldn't really be, a, be a wonder there. But yeah, most likely that's a Chinese ship. I don't really believe that Putin is Putin is doing much because, you know, if if you watch some sort of parody series like Black Adder or something, the things that Putin is starting to say lately is just bizarre, and and I think he's being kept like hidden. His seems seems to me that he still continues to openly praise and state that everything's going according to plan, and everything's fine. But at the same time, you know, he's paying more attention to, well, North Korea, because that stuff which Skabeyev posted about North Korea couldn't have happened without his direct involvement. Meanwhile, there are serious troubles in the Russian army itself. And this is probably the darkest thing that I want to talk about today. Because again, I have to remind you that all this horrible stuff that's happening in the Russian army, that doesn't mean that, you know, they're going to collapse every any second now. There's a lot of, lot of people there, and they're afraid standard video from Russian guys who complain about everything lacking is that we still want to go and, you know, fight, but we just want to do it properly and everything like that. Uh, I just found this one out because I was looking at, at all the hazing situations and everything, but uh, apparently they have a new form of torture there in, in the Russian army. They uh, make people dig, like, huge holes, and then they just dump them in, in the ground, in a hole, uh, for for days even. And we have casualties, we have dead people from that as well. And we have massive amounts of um, massive amounts of all sorts of hazing and violence going on there. Not surprising because well, Michael Naki today in his uh, his own 
evaluation of the subject said that Russian army seems to be more and more operating by the Panyatia. You know, the prison laws. Wouldn't surprise me. Which is why, you know, it might not be surprising to you in Western countries when women want to join the army, but in this given Russian situation, yeah, everyone's really just worried about sexual violence and, uh, well, worse, to be honest. Because this is, uh, I don't know, this, this, this is going to get grim. Like, this is not even going to be funny. This is going to be one of those horrific situations if they'd actually implement this redout female sniper situation. It's going to be awful. But to bring that away, I have something from Maxim Kalashnikov. Sadly, well, Igor Gerkin hasn't written anything new yet. But um, for one, our great futurologist, Maxim Kalashnikov, he deems himself an economist and a futurologist, and he complains... <laughs> about everything, but right now he found another little interesting thing. He made an article, a blog post called Cargo Cult. And I'm, I'm going to read this to you because this just shows, you know, the priorities instead of solving actual problems and, and still makes me wonder how people are managing to not split this up, and like how, how they split this up instead of understanding that this is Russia. Quote, the first person, he's talking about the president here, approved the revival of parades of um, physical trainers and physical sports clubs in Red Square. Just like under Stalin, are you already weeping with happiness? This is a Terry cargo cult, the realm of external limitations. The fact that you'll copy the holidays and mass actions of Joseph Josef Vissarionovich, Uncle Cobb as we call him, era will not change the essence of the, of the current order. order. Processions of physically strong youth held before 1954 were accompanied by powerful development of domestic industry and science and gulags. But, you know, that's for me, but he's a fanboy, so it is what it is. <clears throat> Huge achievements in development of the country. And again, gulags. Well, what will, what, will give, what will actually give us the credit parades of these physical trainers? Will they carry plywood models of unbuilt factories and import substituting products? All this testifies to the nightmarish crisis of the very meaning of the current system of animators and mass entertainers. It has nothing to do to offer us but imitations and simulacra. Parades against the backdrop of an extinct state in, of an ex, extinct state uh, educating people, bogged down at deadlocked positional war, and an ever-increasing conflict between us and migrants. This whole thing is a mockery of common sense. I want to have a comment here because, yes, more and more, more and more the situation that started, I think, it was November last year, yeah, when I spotted this first time, but right now this thing about migrants going in there is extremely brutal. Because apparently with uh, ethnic Russians moving away from, <laughs> away from some regions, again, in various locations, people from Central Asia are just literally doing... Eth there's ethnic conflicts between um, Muslim population and ethnic Russian population, and there's a mess, and well, besides the Ukrainians, apparently there's a there's an ever increasing xenophobia. Not that there was much to even increase more, but still happening a lot there. So, just shows that my theory is about Russia imploding, still gonna go strong, getting on. They will bring nothing but the accumulation of anger at the bottom. Yes, they will complete the creation of a planet of pink ponies for the upper classes, but their withdrawal into virtual reality is the direct road to explosion. That is true, so we support it. 
After all, sooner or later, those who cannot be bought and deceived by simulacra will return to the front. Those who will clearly not be uh, will return from the front. Sorry, those who will clearly not be delighted by the words "United Russia," the name of Putin's party. If someone didn't know, in such a situation, a sane government should be a day and night engaged in a new industrialization. Because uh, Maxim Kalashnikov, as a proper futurologist of the pro-war side, is obsessed with uh, turning him turning Russia into a cheap manufacturing country and getting himself totally caught into the middle income trap. You know, it is uh, what it is. But uh, he manages to post some very interesting stuff there. Brutal cults in the consumption of the elite for the sake of deploying the broadest programs to combat the demographic crisis, mobilizing the economy for the sake of victory and organizing deportations of those migrants who tomorrow could become a bomb under the weak statehood. It's not parades and spectacles that are needed. We need to mobilize a quick crushing of the, uh, as he posts here, Banderovshina. And, and I'd like to draw your attention there that he specifically mentions these migrants in the same vein as the Ukrainians here. For the longer this war lasts, the more terrible is the crisis developing inside the Russian Federation itself. That is, again, very true from him. Well, and the post-war severe depression is already provided for us. I told you, fools, a prolonged war is always the worst of all disasters. Either blitzkrieg or positional hell with the most disastrous, disastrous consequences for the nation. And what do we get? Physical fitness parades? Three, four, arms wide open and running in place? Aha. Uh -huh. Don't tell me it's going to be the same. No, it's not. And the longer the cannonade goes on, the bigger the storm gets. End quote. Yeah, this is what... Um, this is what the Z Patriots are doing. That is pretty um, tense. Because I don't know. I still think that uh, right now the whole situation, the front lines, is to the point where, where another, another kind of Kharkiv, which happened in October 2022, will not really be survivable by the Russian government, I think. I, I always worry about the whole situation and how, how my country is going to deal with this. Because today, just again before recording this, the latest edition of the script was I was watching a Ukrainian report on everything, and well, there are news from Ukrainian secret service that they are actively thinking about you know preparing for military action <laughs> towards uh, the Baltics. Doesn't seem that nice, you know, because uh, I happen to live here and I like it here, and it's all, all it's all just a mess because again, this call is happening. Putin is getting senile. The news from the Western side are just often overblown and stupid and not covering the truth at all. Meanwhile, the Russian, meanwhile, it's a giant humanitarian catastrophe, as Viktor can attest to you. I'm going to get him back on the show soon, don't worry. As Viktor can attest to you also on the Ukrainian side, especially for the mental cases and everything. Somehow we all, we all are going to have to deal with this one way or another. Yeah, going to be a bit of a scary decade. But, well, I think, once again, that has always reminded you the show that uh, if we focus enough and provide enough military help for Ukraine, then, then we can manage and do things. And the faster this war is over, the better for all of us. And that shall be it for today. I'll be a bit more clear-headed next time. Please, if you can, consider becoming a Patreon of mine. That would be really nice. I, I lost a couple of you lately. 
Um, I understand times are tough for everyone, but, uh, you know, pretty hard for me as well, at least getting some things written down. And, you know, health and trying to get married and everything. And if you don't like that, you can always just uh, click the donate button on the Eastern Board.lv, which would be much, much appreciated. Thank you, everyone, for already supporting the show. We'll have some more interviews soon, and I'll get back to making news more often then. Das Vidanya Tvarishin. As always, remember, happiness is mandatory. <laughs>